Pondering the Bible. A deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome to Pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host, Ken Corkins, and with me, as always, is my longtime friend and pastor, Rocky Ellison. Hello. This is Season 6, Episode 8, and we pray that we're sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Amen. How's it going now? Good. Good. <laughs> Life is, is uh, I only have eight more days with my second church. Ah. Uh, and then I'll be back to just one church. And so my, my life is about to improve dramatically. I'm looking forward to this. My life has picked up dramatically. I've got a Yeah, all the stress uh, I lost, you found. Yeah, I, I'm taking on a new assignment at work. We'll leave it at that. And I feel like I'm trying to run to catch up to a speeding bullet train, trying to get <laughs> caught up to everything that's going on. So it's just kind of, it's kind of running my brain crazy. But I'll get through it, and I'll be good at it soon, but not yet. <laughs> All right. So what book and chapter are we reading from? Well, I know a book. We're still in the book of Mark. What chapter and verses are we covering Still this in week? chapter 2 this night. We're doing verses 13 through 17, again from the NLT. Okay. Then Jesus went out to the lakeshore again and taught the crowds that were coming to him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and followed him. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. But when the teachers of religious law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Amen. All right, so we get Matthew slash Levi on board this yep. week. Okay, um, let's start at the top. Um, I don't know if we want to go verse through verse. Or yeah. How do you want it? Okay. Uh, then this would be verse 13. Then Jesus went out to the lakeshore again and taught the crowds that were coming to him. So why is he back at the lake? If, if you've followed us the last four weeks, Jesus has been preaching in synagogues throughout Galilee uh, and which was a standard thing, any guest rabbi was automatically invited uh, to preach from the pulpit anytime they showed up in town, so uh, that would be fully expected. But every time Jesus does it, things get crazy. Uh, you know, there's an exorcism in the middle of one of the worship services. Uh, the next week, uh, church gets out, and there's a leper standing at the front door, and it just keeps going on and on like that. And so, uh, local synagogues have started to deny him the pulpit. Mm. Uh, you just, things get too nuts when you come in into our church. Maybe he's not a real rabbi, right? Exactly. You know? Yeah. He comes in and he teaches his wild, crazy ideas. Maybe we shouldn't let him come in and stir up trouble in our church, our e synagogue. Exactly. So, um, so he's got to find somewhere else to preach. We know that before he began the Galilean tour, he was preaching down at the Sea of, of Galilee, down at the seashore, walking along, collecting crowds. Um, so it's just reasonable that he would go back to that again. Uh, and the other thing is, um, 
there's really good evidence that Jesus let Peter, uh, Andrew, James, and John periodically go back to work so they could supply money for their families. You know, being my disciple doesn't mean that your wife and children have to starve. That's not the kind of God that we follow. Right. And so um, there's a really good chance that these guys are heading down to the seashore every day to get some work in, get a little little spending cash. And Jesus probably follows them down to the docks and then hangs out there teaching while they're out out in the bay catching fish. Very good. Okay. Um, so verse 14, as he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and followed him. Yeah. All right. Is this any different than the calling of the other four? Right. We have Peter, Andrew, James, and John on board now. This is our fifth disciple, according to the Gospel of Mark. Yeah, according to Mark's Gospel, this is the fifth one called, and it is, it's going to be a lot different, but first we have to understand the economic situation in Israel to see why it's so different. Okay. Um, taxes in, in Israel at this time were, were very different from what you and I experienced. Mm -hmm. um, the Roman government would assess the nation as a whole. It's got this many people, it's got this much, you know, cropland, it does this kind of manufacturing. And they would just come up with a number for the national taxes. They didn't go to each individual family and you turn in what you can and we get what we right. get. It's not an income-based no, tax like we have. Exactly. It's a given your situation, this is what we think your taxes should be. So the Roman government would come to the to the governor of Israel and go, um, you owe us a million bucks for taxes. Get it to us. Now, the governor of, of Israel doesn't want to go around and collect taxes. He didn't want to be involved in all of that. So he would find two fairly wealthy men, and he would say, here's the deal. I will license you to be in charge of tax collection. Each one of you owes me a million dollars to buy in. And then he sends a million bucks to Rome, which is what they asked for, and he keeps a million Bucks. Good deal. <laughs> so the governor just got, you know, really good deal out of it. So now these guys are each in for a million dollars. And so uh, each one of them finds three guys down below them and says, 500,000, I'll let you buy in and be a tax uh, guy. So now that's a million and a half for each of them. So they made back what they spent plus another half million. But if you're looking at this, the national taxes just went from one million to two million to three million. Right. And this keeps going down until eventually you get to the guys who are going to go out and shake down people for tax money. Uh, and, and they have to buy into now, by the time you get to them, it's like maybe $10,000 to mm -hmm. buy in. But they're going to now go to the people and they're going to collect over the course of the next year, probably $50,000. Right. So they're going to get fabulously wealthy. And the people are going to hate them, hate them, hate them, because by the time it gets down to Joe on the street, instead of $1 million in national taxes, it's somewhere between 10 and $20 million. So they're paying way more than they should be paying. And it's one of their own people cheating them and doing it to them. Right. It's like, hey, <laughs> that's not fair. And I'll apologize now because I won't be able to get all those mic noises out. My microphone was slipping down, so I had to adjust <laughs> it. But I could definitely hear it, and there won't be any way I can get that out of the recording. So I was, waiting for, you to, I was yeah. waiting for you to lay down underneath the table and talk yeah. up into the mic. I just kept slipping <laughs> down and lower and lower. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> 
All right. So, so that's that, how the tax system works. Right. So now that the, the money that, that the average person is paying is way more than they should ever have to pay, 10 to 20 times what they should have to pay. And um, it's, just, it's just a horrible system. So they hate the tax collector. Um, and we start to see rules pop up specifically aimed at tax collectors. If you spend time with a Gentile, you're a sinner. Well, every tax collector had to be guarded by a Roman soldier to make sure they weren't robbed uh, and, right. and, or beaten. Um, so, yes, they spend all day, every day with uh, with a Gentile. So, ooh, you're unclean. You can't come to church. Or um, if you cheat, you are a sinner and you can't come to church. And so the, the tax collectors become a pariah. They become unclean as a leper and aren't allowed to, to go to any kind of worship or ever get right with God. Um, their homes were considered so unclean, impure, unholy, that to even walk through their front door into their house and turn around and walk back out made you unclean for the next 30 days. Wow. That's how bad tax collectors are. Ooh, I got tax collector on me. <laughs> yeah. So when Jesus calls Levi to follow him, um, unlike Peter, Andrew, James, and John, he's giving up fabulous wealth. Right. I mean, he was he was probably making as much by himself as the other eleven disciples combined. Right. So he's giving up fantastic wealth. Peter, Andrew, James, and John can go back to fishing each time we come back through Capernaum. Go back, work a few days, take care of your family. Levi is never going to be able to go back and be a tax collector again. Once you quit that job, you are uh, you are now anathema to the Roman government. Right. So they're never going to hire you back. And we know, we talked about this several weeks ago, that Jesus spent time both down in Judea meeting uh, Peter and Andrew, and prepping them for someday I'm going to call you into ministry. And when he came up to Galilee, up to Capernaum, he spent a month or so prepping them. It's, I'm going to come get you. I'm going to commit you. So that when the day finally came and he says, you know, follow me, they'd had a lot of time to emotionally, mentally work out whether they would do this or not and be committed. Levi gets the cold call. Jesus walks by, says, follow me. And he does. That's that's a hard thing to do. So to give up the life that he's giving up on on a moment's notice, yeah, that's very different than how the other four were called. Very different. Yeah, I could see that would be a hard choice, but apparently it wasn't. I mean, he got up and, and followed, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, so now we've got Levi on board. Now, verse fifteen. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with. Many tax collectors and other, I like this term, and other disreputable sinners. <laughs> there are many people like this among Jesus' followers. Yeah. Disreputable <laughs> sinners. <laughs> Lots of low lives. And yeah, you got the. <laughs> well, you know, that only makes sense. If, if you are unclean, unwelcome, despised, and avoided, your only friends in the entire world are going to be the other people who are unclean, right. unwelcome, despised, and avoided. So. Who's he going to invite to a, a party? Other people like himself, tax collectors, prostitutes, more right. than likely, um, pardoned or uh, paroled criminals. Right. That, you know, all the people that aren't allowed to be around the good people, that's who he's going to hang out with. So it just makes sense. That's who's going to be at the dinner party that night to meet Jesus. 
Weird, weird question. Um, so we've talked earlier about how despised shepherds were. Yeah. How much more or less were tax collectors hated more or less than uh, shepherds? Yeah, you, rem- you yeah, remember. There's a hierarchy. Yeah, there is a hierarchy. You and <laughs> I have, have seen the, uh, we've seen the official list from Jerusalem in the first century. So so we know. Um, tax collectors were next to the bottom. The absolute bottom was a tanner. Right. The guys that, that, that took care of animal skins because they, they stunk so bad. You just could. They were the only ones whose wives were allowed to divorce them. <laughs> <laughs> only time a woman could, could petition divorce is if you were married to a tanner. So that's the only guy lower on the rung than a tax collector. <laughs> Sorry for the diversion there. but um. and, and I love, you know, Peter is dictating this to, to Mark. And and there's just this little aside. In our Bible, it shows up in parentheses. There were a lot of people like this following Jesus. Yeah, it wasn't just Matthew that had, I'm sorry, yeah, Levi, Matthew, that had these people at his house. But yeah. these were the same types of people, the the unwanted, the the ones that have been told God doesn't love you. They're starting to hang out with Jesus because, hey, he he tells me God loves me. I'm going to hang out with him. He's got better yeah. news. He's got good news for He's me. He's got so. good news for me. The church has told me I'm damned and I'm going to hell and there is absolutely nothing I can do because I am not allowed to come to church, so I can't um, be absolved of my sins on the Day of Atonement, so I'm never going to get right with God. And here's Jesus saying, I can get you there. If you trust in me, I can get you there, and God does love you. That's what a message that absolutely. is to the people who know that they are lost, broken, and unwanted. You know, if, if if you know what kind of a sinner you are, Jesus's message is incredibly powerful. And so I think this is why in the previous reading, Mark makes note of the fact that people are coming now to hear the message more than they are coming for healing miracles. Yeah, because that's, that's amazing. That's lifelong and post-life good news, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Very good. Um, Verse 16, but when the teachers of the religious law, who were the Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? I love that word scum, but why does he eat with such scum? The Pharisees. Um, Last week, we had the doctors of the law, the scribes, the guys with a PhD in in Bible study, um, uh, doing an official investigation of Jesus, and they went went to sit in that room and listen to him preach. You and I talked about well, it doesn't say what they what they decided. And they, right. they clearly were left town and went back to Jerusalem, and we have no idea what they're going to report. It appears that Jerusalem has sent a second group then, but don't send the scribes back. Jesus seems to be okay with manipulating the Bible. Let's see how holy he really is. He says he can forgive sin if he's a sinner. That blows it all away. So right. let's check on him and see if he's actually a sinner. So they send in the purity police. This is phase two of the official church investigation into Jesus, and they send the Pharisees. Um, these are guys, uh, they, they kind of find their roots in a group called the Hasidim. Um, about 200 years before this, uh, the Maccabees— had led a revolt in Israel against Rome, and had actually regained the country 
um, from the Romans and held it for about 100, 115 years that, that Israel was free once again, the, the Maccabean revolt. Uh, and, and, uh, if you have a Bible that has the, uh, the, uh, oh, what do they call it? I can't think of the name right now. I can't think of it either. Apocryphal. Extra canonical. Yeah. What are they? They're, they're in like the Catholic Bible. But I yes, they're in the Catholic called. Bible. Between the end of the Old Testament and the start of the New Testament, you will find like like 25 additional books. And I, for the life of me right now, I can't think of the name of it. But in there, you'll find First and Second Maccabees, and it tells the story of their revolt and, and how they came to power. Well, they're waging war against the Romans. They get down to Jerusalem and take control of the city of Jerusalem. and um, there's this big battle brewing, and the next day is the Sabbath. Uh, well, it starts at sunset on Friday night. Sunset on Friday night shows up, and the Maccabees are like, all right, tomorrow we're really going to give it to the Romans. And there's a whole group of guys that go, no, tomorrow's the Sabbath. I'm not fighting. And the Maccabees are like, you can't. You can't quit in the right. middle of a war. You, you can't walk away in the middle of the war. And these guys are like, I will not fight on the Sabbath. And so from sunset Friday till sunset Saturday— these guys didn't fight. Now, they still win the war, um, but that starts a group called the Hasidim, the Holy Ones. It is more important to me to be pure and law-abiding than to live by uh, what everybody else wants from me. I am set apart as more holy than other people. That group, the Hasidim, evolve into the Pharisees during Jesus's life, and that's the crew that's sent to evaluate him. These guys have created tons of their own rules. The thing about if you touch a Gentile, you're, you're, you catch his sin, that's a Pharisee rule. That's not in the Bible. Right. God never said that. But the Pharisees have made that a rule. If you touch a sinner, you catch his sin. These are the guys that when they came home from being out in public, washed their hands seven times in seven different pots of water just in case they had accidentally touched a sinner so that they could clean their hands off and not get any sin on themselves. That's not in the Bible. That's their own rule. And these guys have started judging other people by, do you follow my rules? Not just God's rules. Do you follow my rules? And they are there at that dinner party that night watching from the outside to see, is Jesus following the Pharisaic law uh, above and beyond God's law? Right. And of course, he's not. <laughs> no, no, because that's not it's law. It's not biblical, right? It's no. not <laughs> rules from God. It's rules from man. Right. And so Jesus is not beholding to their rules. Yeah. All right. Um, verse 17, when Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I've come to call not those who think they're righteous, but those who know they're sinners. It's, you know, it, it's one of those great verses. Um, and, and my favorite part of it is, uh, I did not call, come to call those who think they are righteous, right? but those who know they are sinners. Jesus, in that one sentence, effectively says, everyone's a sinner. It's just some people get it and some people don't. Right. And I'm here for the people who get it, who know they need a Savior. And if you can't figure out with your fantastic knowledge of the Bible, if you can't figure out you're actually a sinner, then I'm not here for you. Right. You don't think you need me, but you really do. Yeah. But you won't see it. And so for those that can see it, those who know, I'm, I've come for them. And that, we see that even today. Yeah. You know, it takes, it's a lot of 
a lot of people that, yep, I, it takes a big person, I guess, to say, yes, I'm a sinner. Because some people think, you know, my stuff don't stink. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but uh, I'm a reality, sinner, but I'm a little sinner. Right. Like, we like to draw different levels and categories of sin. To God, it's, it's all, all sin. sin. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else? No, you know, it's it's this Levi who who will be renamed Matthew. Right. Like, you know, like Peter, when he finally finds his ministry, he gets a new name and a new life. I can't imagine the joy that that guy felt when Jesus called him, because he had to be—he he must have watched from the shore as Jesus would come by teaching and thought, man, what I would give to be— clean again. Um, his own family would have been forced to shun him and never right. acknowledge him in public. Uh, I don't know how bad that would hurt, but I would think a lot. And now Jesus can make him clean again. He can go back and visit his mom and dad again. He can date now and have a, a legitimate wife instead of the company of prostitutes. He, he gives up his career and his fortune, but he gets his life back and we are all called to to that in our faith in Jesus. Give up your 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 life. Give up the world. Yeah, give up the world and get real life, true life in Jesus. And, right. and uh, hopefully, we're all smart enough to figure out how important that is. Agreed. We'll see if I figure it out someday. <laughs> if I'm smart enough, I don't know who I am. No, I have. But anyway, have you given a sermon title yet? Calling this one Pariah. I'm comparing Levi, Matthew, to the 19-year-old kid that shot 43 people in El Paso, Texas, and murdered 22 of them in a Walmart in, in El Paso. Can you imagine a more hated individual in the city of El Paso than that kid? And I think Matthew was viewed exactly the same way. These, these men are both pariah. And we like to look at the Bible and go, oh, I'm so glad that Jesus loved Matthew. But we don't look at the kid in El Paso and go, I'm so glad Jesus loves him. Yeah, that's hard. But it's the same story. So I'm calling this one pariah with a, uh, uh, an old pariah and a more contemporary pariah. Okay, so if you'd like to listen to the sermon that Rocky delivers, it'll be on our website at www.pondergmc.org. At the top is a menu called Ministries. Pull that down, click on sermons, look for the sermon Pariah, and this will have been delivered on February 19th, 2023. Where are we going next week? Uh, next week, uh, we're going to see Jesus continue to pour gas on the fire. He kind of does that when he goes to the dinner party mm -hmm. at this way. He didn't have to go to that party and agitate the Pharisees, but he does it kind of deliberately. Jesus is starting to move tw the, towards confrontation. We're going to see him... Um, in the next two weeks, uh, pour gas on the fire. Next week about fasting. The week after that about how do you observe the Sabbath properly. And he's going to take on the uh, the church authorities on uh, issues that are important to them. Okay. Dad joke for you. Yeah. I'm cringing already. <laughs> What's the difference between a well-dressed man on a unicycle and a poorly dressed man on a bicycle? One tire? A tire. A tire. Uh, you're close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I think we'll close this episode. But this is Ken Corkins and Rocky Listener reminding you to love God and be nice to people. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us at www.pondergmc.org. 
There, you can watch our live stream services, listen to replays of Rocky Sermons, and find other interesting information about us. This has been Pondering the Bible.